Mm, today's tea is on a deep remembering of your primal self with my girl, Sucha Kumar. I am so grateful to Sucha for joining me. She is someone I'm working with one-on-one actually right now, and I'm benefiting so much from everything that we're doing together focused on primal living. I'm really excited to share this conversation with you today. It is so profound what Sucha is doing, speaking, and teaching on. We talk a lot about groundedness, being in the now. We talk about accepting of ourselves and how to move into that self-acceptance. We also talk about unearthing our primal selves. Mm, I love the word unearthing. (laughs) And how this shifts us into a deep remembering of who we are. Sucha also educates us on fasting, food, and movement for primal living. Sucha is on her purpose of reconnecting humanity back to our primal nature to experience bliss. She has been training in multiple movement modalities for over 15 years with the foundation of yoga, which she trained in during her time in India. Whilst on the pursuit of improving her health and the health of Mother Earth, she has tried most every diet, including the vegan and carnivore diet. She is the CEO and founder of Live Blissed, a company that takes you on a journey of infusing primal movement, ancestral nutrition, and earth recharge and tribe love back into your life, just like our ancestors practiced. She offers retreats around the world, movement camps, and primal health coaching. And she leads with always bringing play and celebration into all that we do and serves you up the balance between disciplined practice, finding flow, and guiding you in uncovering your truth to live blissed. She is so magical and powerful, and I'm so grateful for her. She has also one of my become one of my dearest friends, and it's such a gift to share this episode with you, with my dear friend, Sucha. I hope that you remember that Your primal self is always asking you to listen, to feel, to be with her. And I hope you remember that your time is now. There is nothing you can't do, but it only requires you to get more grounded in who you are, more grounded in what you're here to be and who you're ascending into. May we all ascend into our highest selves and may we all remember who we truly are. Enjoy today's episode with my girl, Sucha. Hello, hello, and welcome to House of Low. I'm Low, and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. All right, we are here with my darling friend, Sucha Kumar, who is joining us on the podcast today. Sucha is one of the most 
grounded humans I've ever met and is teaching me a lot about living from a more primal way of being and getting back to who I truly am. And I'm so grateful. I want to send a shout out to Perla who connected us, our girl. I'm so, so grateful that we came into each other's lives this year. So thank you for being here, babe. Thank you for having me. This is so special. This is one of those friendships where I'm like, just new. It's new. It happened really fast. And I'm like, yes, mm, this is amazing. It's so sacred. Yeah. It's overwhelming. <laughs> I would love for you to give a little background on who you are, what you're here to do, and anything you're excited about right now. Ooh, okay. So my name is Sucha, but full name is Sucharita. Yes. <laughs> Drop the full name. Nothing um, makes me happier. Yes. And this entire journey of life has literally been just coming back to my roots, coming back to myself. And that feels so good to be in a place where I'm so clear with that. And I'm able to share that with people. But a little background on myself. My descent is from India. My parents are from India. And the reason I share that is because that was a big part of my upbringing is like immigrant mentality. And that links and roots down to scarcity mindset. And that was a big thing that played out throughout my life, whether it came to food or how I looked at myself, how I looked with money and how I exchanged with money and then also relationships and resentment and codependency and all of the things that mm. we humans usually experience with money, food, and relationships. Yep. And this process of life has kind of been the peeling of the layers and the unbecoming or what I like to call as the word de-patterning. And so I've been super active into movement all of my life. I've always been into a healthy approach with food, very focused on the environment, sustainability, and also just having fun and playing with life. But in the pursuit of figuring out what works best for me, it's been a lot of experimentation. And that has always been a big thing for me is experimenting. You don't really know something until you've truly done it and understood it. And that's where the wisdom stems from. What I'm excited about. So <laughs> I was just sharing this with you. I feel like I'm coming to a close of a big chapter of challenges and not to say I'm not going to have another chapter of challenges, but this time, you know, experiencing life in this way, I've had such a more deeper awareness and conscious perspective and a different lens. So it's been really beautiful to actually kind of attend the funeral of my past self. I feel yeah. like for a while now and yeah. really like surrender to the rebirth. And I've never, I don't think I've actually been able to like witness that from an outside lens in my life. So this is the first time I feel like I'm truly like surrendering and rebirth is mm. happening. So yeah. beautiful. Thank you for sharing all of that. Mm -hmm. This is why I love you. Cause we go right to the depth, <laughs> the deep, deep, There's no other way. <laughs> yep. That's right. Speaking about rebirth, I'm in the same place right now. And it's a very uncomfortable place to be in because there's a lot of uncertainty mm -hmm. and a lot of unknown, but yet our intuition is very strong in these periods, you know? So it feels like, a lot of what we're going to talk about today is 
the path that we're both on that's very focused on transformation and healing does lead to this deep remembering of who we truly are and what we're here to be and what we're here to do and who we're here to be with and not be with. And I think that it's way easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So before we get into more of this, I want to ask you some rapid fires. Oh, okay. We're going to go straight to them right now. (laughs) Yes, we're going straight to them. To lighten the mood and also, and also not cry right away. Yeah, let's not cry right away, but later, okay. later, our tears have been flowing. So first rapid fire, give me one word that describes you and your essence. Mm. I want to say grounded. <laughs> I resonate with that. Mm. Absolutely. What's your mantra for life? We're all just walking each other home. That's a Ram Dass quote. Oh it's my gosh. On my leg. That's so but beautiful. But I come back to that at time and time again. We're yes. all just walking each other home. Oh, it's so beautiful. What ritual makes you feel gorgeous? Ooh, okay. Let's see here. Oh, this is a hard one. <laughs> I'm working on this. I'm working on my <laughs> feminine path in a way. <laughs> oh man, this one's hard. <laughs> actually taking a second. <laughs> Okay. I will say, this is really funny. <laughs> Flossing my teeth. Wow. <laughs> because I eat a lot of steak. And so when That's I floss, true. I'm like, ooh, I'm clean <laughs> Not a caveman. Back to gorgeous. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that is a first. I will say I'm really into flossing. That's like the one thing where I'm very like, good. Like, a lot of people don't floss. And I'm like, I like feel like you can like skip all the other stuff, but you gotta floss. Yeah, I'm very worried about people that don't floss. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> that is awesome. Flossing makes me feel gorgeous. That needs to be your next tattoo. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. <laughs> What is an action you took recently that came from a place of abundance? I bought this honeycomb necklace. Oh yeah. Everyone loves it. Yeah. So I went to this place in Phoebe, got my ear pierced, saw this necklace. They said it was the very last one there. It was cost way more than what I would usually spend, but I was like, what would low do? (laughs) Meditated on it for a week, asked them if they still had it, came back and bought it. And now it's like my abundance necklace. But the act of actually getting it was like, you are deserving of this. You're worthy of this. And this is actually expanding you. And that felt really, really good. Mm, Yes. I didn't have to justify my purchase. That's right. It has an essence to it. And yeah, the justifying of the purchases, you know how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. So I'm so proud that you did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is something that can always be found on your table? Mm, Honey. Yeah. (laughs) Honey. I'm a big honey person. I'm sure we'll get into that with the eating stuff. Can't wait. wait. Honey on everything. This might be an easy one too. What nourishment brings you the most joy? Mm, Probably red meat. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about it. Red meat. Yeah. I never thought I would say that, but red meat nourishes me a lot. Yeah. Thank you for answering those. I feel like in observing the way that you live and eat and move in your life, one of the things that struck me so much about you 
is that you are the most earthly grounded human I've ever met Mm. ever. And, you know, being grounded is, it's a little bit of a challenge for me lately. Like I used to be so practical and realistic. And then I had a spiritual awakening and I realized that all of that was a shield that I was just being practical and grounded, basically blocking what I really desired, which is love. That's all I really desire is love. Most of us desire love, but I really, that is all I really desire. And after I went through all of these spiritual initiations, awakenings, I'm on the full ascension path. I have learned that it's just as important to be grounded once again, but the way I'm being asked to ground is much different than it was before. So I would love for you to talk about what it feels like to be that grounded and how you cultivate that and how you bring yourself back to that place again and again, given how tapped in spiritually you are. Mm. So I'll just give a little context. When I was growing up, there was a lot of turbulence in my family. There was domestic violence. There was arguments and fighting and just a lot of trauma as a child. My parents got a divorce when I was fourth grade and my brother, I think he was like in first grade, he was really young. And growing up, we were mostly with my mother. So single mother household. And I've always been independent, but I think for sure going through those things made me a lot more independent and kind of always doing things on my own. Yeah. But family is such a big value. And as I learn more about astrology, I know we've talked about this. I think my big life lesson is in family and it's something I'm still navigating, but I've always felt like the middle person, the person kind of holding ground and trying to mediate in the family. And so I've kind of just taken that role always with people, with friends, like drama just never sat right for me. And so I was always kind of like more of the quiet observer. I still play. I'm still loud. I still have fun, but I read something. It was in a Deepak Chopra book and it said, actually not minding is like the balance and the harmony. When you let yourself get way too excited and happy about something or way too sad or angry about something, that thing has control over you. And that really resonated with me because I'm like, we're always trying to chase like this ecstatic amount of happiness, but actually allowing something to make you that ecstatic is like more of just like hyper ecstatic. And it's actually Mm -hmm. giving your power away of creating an equilibrium. And so the thing is, is that growing up though, and even until recently, I would be kind of balanced, but it was kind of like keeping it together and it was still in survival mode. So I was in survival mode and everything would bunch up and I would get anxiety attacks. And this is something that my mom dealt with as well. And so I just didn't know how to channel it because there's a lot of shame with like having anger and crying. And so in the recent years, really creating that deep remembering in my healing process and being able to outlet that and realizing when you allow those tears to come out whenever, and when you allow the anger to like be actually something that's very graceful and you create harmony and you just allow your body to flow in the seasons, then you're creating more and more of that balance. And I think that's what has brought me to more 
groundedness and actually feeling grounded. And then, you know, the primal path, which we'll get into, which is like actually getting back to how our ancestors used to live. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So good. Thank you for sharing all of that. Mm. Oh, our greatest lessons. A lot of people are moving through life very unaware and they're just accepting things as they are and they're not necessarily going a level deeper or to the deepest level of what their life is meant to be about and what the meaning is and what the purpose is and mission because I do believe we all have like a deep, deep mission here in this life. I would love for you to talk about what that feels like for you. Like, for me, I've spoke openly about how I struggle with the why. I'm very interested in why. Like, why is this all happening? Like, seeker, you know? Does that resonate for you? Or what would you consider you're driven by? Like, what lights your fire to try to understand yourself more and therefore accept yourself? So... The why does resonate, however, and this is something we've talked about, I feel like there's so many things where we can't have the answer to everything. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes consistently seeking the why and consistently seeking all the answers can just drive us. I don't want to use the word insane, but it can like we can get lost in that. However, I have a lot of my teachings rooted in yoga philosophy. And just briefly, yoga is not just asana movement practice. Yoga is a beautiful philosophy, kind of like guidelines for life, which includes pranayama breathwork, which includes meditation, which includes concentration, but really it's just deepening your consciousness and you can almost call it like an unbecoming process, right? Yeah. You're peeling off the layers. And so with that, it's always been about deepening consciousness, but what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> deepening consciousness. Right. I think that's a cool thing to be like, but why, like, why should I be more conscious? Yeah. And I think it comes back to what I had said before, not letting something have control or power over you. So my fascination is allowing us to just be happy or what I like to say, find bliss. Bliss doesn't mean like you're just overly ecstatic and just so excited. It means that you've reached this level of calm where you just feel so blissful. And like, I can only explain it in a sound and the sound would be mm. mm-hmm. like not even something mm. tasting good, but just like, mm. like, it's like a relief, but it tastes good. It's delicious. You just feel serene. Yeah. Right. And that blissful feeling, it's why my company is called Live Bliss. And that name has resonated more and more as I learn deeper about myself. Yeah. And so bringing it all together, my fascination with life or that mission or purpose is the deep patterning. It is getting back to our remembering or how our ancestors lived. We have to go through that because we live in such a noisy society and not to say it's bad, but it is very distracting and it can pull us apart from our inner knowing. And we have so much intuition and answers, but when we have so much noise around us, it's hard to tap into that. And that's where a lot of problems stems from. So I feel like my mission has always been to just get myself, which also means bringing back the collective to our roots to find that bliss Mm. because the bliss for me experiencing bliss, which means that everyone needs to experience bliss around me. It's a collective energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
the word bliss is so beautiful and that not used at all. Yeah. I think joy is being used a lot and we, mm-hmm. we understand what joy is, but bliss is really actually not as hard as it seems to find moments of bliss in mm-hmm. the day. And a lot of that does come from presence. Yeah. And I want to ask you, connected to that, our primal selves. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about unearthing our primal selves. Because when I hear the word primal, it feels like it goes hand in hand with grounded. Yeah. And it's instinctual, which really is intuitive. And it's all deeply connected. And I always say, we're very complex beings Mm -hmm. with very simple needs, really, and desires. It's fascinating when you think about it, (laughs) what the human experience is and how complex and simple it is at the same time. So I would love for you to talk about what that process looks like to unearth our primal selves, what that process has been like for you coming home to your primal self. Yeah. So I'm going to nerd out a little bit to explain that as far as the coming back home to our primal selves. So humans, we're animals, but we are so different than other animals because we have the prefrontal cortex, which is the human part of our brain. It's located like around where our forehead is. But we also have the hypothalamus, which is the animal part of the brain. And that's like our survival instincts. And the constant dilemma that humans have is that we're fighting between both part of our brains. We have our primitive instincts, our animal brain, which drives so much. You could say it drives the most because our primal brain or our animal brain wants us to survive. And that means the top few things that come to mind are like food and sex because that drives reproduction. And that means creating offspring, which means that is survival of the fittest. But then we have our human brain, which manages emotions and it's also highly intelligent and it creates habits. And so the human dilemma is that our prefrontal cortex or human brain just evolved and adapted so quickly that our animal brain still trying to keep up. It's trying to keep up with how can I eat like abundantly when I can just have anything delivered to my door because we are so smart that we created these apps where we can have something delivered within 30 minutes if we wanted to, when our ancestors used to have to hunt for food. Yes. Right. Or how do we manage like all of these desires in a relationship with our dream partner when, you know, back in the day, it was just any, you know, two people who would procreate and then a village would raise a baby together rather than a single mom household. And before we exchanged with just work, we all worked together like a village. We all did different roles. And now we have this thing called money and we have this thing called inflation and we're freaking out about gas prices, but it's all completely illusionary. And I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I'm saying this is the dilemma between our brain. And so all to go with this tangent is basically the fact that we are consistently like we have these problems because we're fighting between both of these brains. And so unearthing this like coming back to our primal way of being 
is kind of like a tug of war because we can't just go back to like free land where we just like laid on grass, looked at the sun and, you know, hunted animals. There's so many things about this life that we live in, like whether we live in a city and we have everything at our fingertips, that's very blissful too. It creates ease. That's why the human brain evolved to create shortcuts, but it creates a lot of problem. And so creating the space of abundance, which actually is what's activating creation mode or what I like to call abundance is the primal way. I think. Mm. And so that doesn't mean you have to like give up all of your material things to be primal. It means how can I signal abundance to my brain? How can I signal safety to my brain so that my brain, both parts of my brain are not constantly fighting. I don't have to consistently fight my survival mode animal brain. If my prefrontal cortex knows it's safe. Mm. Are you following? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Well, let's talk about safety. Yeah. That's a big conversation yeah. right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I never realized how I did not feel safe to be mm. who I really am with a lot of people. That was a lot of my doing, you know, it wasn't really their fault, but it's kind of this unconscious feeling. Yeah. And then it, it can manifest at the conscious level where you just, you get around someone or you're in a certain situation or place and you feel either safe or unsafe. Yeah. I don't think it's always intuition. I think some of it's just our wounds and different things that we have to work through, you know, but let's talk about safety as it relates to our primal self. Mm-hmm. Does enabling our more primal self, like activating mm-hmm. our primal self, does it create more safety in our lives? Does it make us feel more safe? A hundred percent. Yeah. So yes, we want to enable the primal way because even if we live in this go-go city kind of lifestyle, being able to be at peace with our bare essence or like our roots is what is creating safety. So for example, we're going to talk about environment because environment is the Number one thing that I would say is, you know, we have the hierarchy of needs and having like that space as at the top. Food is definitely up there too, but I'm just assuming that, you know, most people listening in do have food on their plate. So I'm going to talk about space and living because a lot of people listening on here probably live in a space, but maybe it's hard to make rent or maybe they desire a more abundant space or maybe they have a dream home in mind. And so you want a safe space at home. Like that is definitely a big thing that signals safety. Your home environment totally matters. That was a huge thing for me. I was living in different places where I was just justifying lower rent, but I didn't feel safe in the space because I didn't feel like I could fully be myself. So that was actually putting me in major survival mode. Actually spending a little bit more on a place that I felt really safe in was a huge expansion and activator in my life. And so that's definitely one way to signal safety to you. Mm -hmm. Food is definitely huge and creating a safe space around food is important. And we'll get into that. Relationships and all of those is just like, it's different for everybody, but it's how can you signify safety to your brain? And with the primal way, for example, with food, fasting, fasting is the complete opposite. You're fasting from food, but when you're fasting, you can find those blissful moments. And now 
you can find bliss without even having food. So now food doesn't have so much control over you. Yeah. Does that make sense? So we want to like take away all of those things that have control over us and be able to find that bliss. So that's why I talk about home environment, but if you can go out just in nature and find bliss there and feel just so like free and liberated, then it doesn't matter where you live. You'll probably be able to find a safe space. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, I love that. Talk to me about this deep remembering of who we are. Mm. Sometimes I think we know who we are and then who we are changes. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And more gets activated and deeper parts of us come to the surface and things that have to get be healed and people trigger us and people heal us. And it's like this mixing bowl. Sometimes I feel, Mm. and sometimes I feel isolated in that because I wonder, does everyone feel like this? Does everyone feel this deeply? You know, Mm -hmm. the way I can, because I feel so deeply and I feel everyone's energy and everyone's stuff. You know, it's a lot of the tension in my life. Yeah. That I can sort of feel everything. But I, I wonder sometimes if people struggle to feel at all, like mm-hmm. if they actually want to feel deeper, but they're not sure how to access that. And when we talked about, you just kind of spoke about a deep remembering. I just love that like notion of remembering ourselves as we dismantle the layers, you know, what does that look like? Like, what does that feel like? Or do you feel like you're in a, the process of it? Mm. Yeah. So first, when we talk about who we are, it's like who we think we are. I don't know this quote specifically, but Jay Shetty quotes it all the time. It's like who we think we are is what you think I am mm. too, right? Yeah. And that changes. And it changes based on our consciousness and our awareness. So who I thought I used to be, for example, in high school, I thought I was just this girl in high school who tried to be pretty, who tried to get attention from people, who wanted to drive a nice car and who wasn't doing as well as she thought she would like to at school, but she was really only doing it to please her parents. These are like now looking back and thinking about it. I'm like, these are so such superficial stuff, but that's what my consciousness was back then. That was my awareness. And so that's who I was. And so like fast forward to where I'm at now, I just had a knee injury that was pretty severe a few weeks ago and it's completely dismantled so much more and it shook my world. And I was like, whoa, I thought I was doing the work and now I have so much more work because it made me realize the reason I was having such a difficult time emotionally is because I thought I was a movement instructor and primal. Yeah. Like I thought I taught yoga and primal movement and I was always an active person. Mm -hmm. And there's so many times where I'm the strongest person in the room and you give me anything and I will lift it up or I'll at least try to best my ability. That's what I thought I was. But after this and just the recent few weeks, I'm like, oh no, I'm just, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. Right. And, yeah. and so to answer your question, I'm still going through it. And it's like this recent thing has actually like, yeah, shook my world because now I know I want to tap more into my feminine side, but what does that mean if I still have resistance towards it? And 
really receiving and really helping and really not feeling guilty for not being able to lift something up or to do all the things that I once did or who am I without the strong body that I've had my entire life? So to answer your question, I don't really know. (laughs) And I think how would life be if we just were so certain? Aren't uh-huh. we always just trying to figure it out? And that's the deep remembering because if we really think about it, if we yes. really are all energy, then I'm not just me. I'm you. I'm a mirror of you. Yes. I'm a mirror of my ancestors. I'm a mirror of my family. And me figuring it out is also allowing you to figure it out. It's allowing everyone on this podcast to figure it out. So we have to keep figuring out who we are. Mic drop for sure. Yep. That's it. Yeah. We are evolving constantly, you know, and I recently was so moved by the way you live that now I'm incorporating it into my life. (laughs) And I would love for you to talk about it, primal living and through fasting, through food, through movement. One of the biggest pieces of my journey is my body. It's a big one. You know, I think as women... We feel either disconnected from our body, Mm -hmm. overly connected, like almost obsessive, you know, Mm -hmm. or we're just trying to detach from it every day and not really worry about it. It's such a complicated relationship we have. But what I have really loved is when you talk about fasting and eating from a more primal place and moving from a, a primal place it starts to really, I think, dig deep into ways that we sort of talk ourselves into living that don't really feel that good. Mm -hmm. You know, and what I've noticed in starting to incorporate this is how much those things were not making me feel good. And it's still like a little uncomfortable for me to like, as I start to integrate this into my life, but I'm actually noticing a lot more. There's a lot of space which I used to fill with trying to strive constantly. Mm. I really don't want to strive as much anymore, you know? So talk to me about primal living. Yeah. So just a little bit of context. I had mentioned one of my big passions in life is sustainability of the environment and bettering the planet because it's mama earth. We got to take care of her. And on that path, in that pursuit, I was drawn to eating vegan, eating a whole food plant-based diet. And so I was doing that for several years and I was putting so much pressure on it and myself because I got caught up in the ideology of being vegan and everything the vegan community stood for. And unfortunately, that community can actually make you feel pretty guilty and not feel like you have options to explore and maybe try something else if it's not serving your health. I eventually did, however, I strayed away and ended up going into the complete opposite and dove into the carnivore diet. And it wasn't just like, let me try the carnivore diet. It was really hard for me to incorporate red meat. I hadn't really ever really had red meat, especially because of my culture but it's called the elimination diet. And so you're really just trying to reset your body. Meat or animal proteins, the only thing your body can survive off of while excluding all other food categories. So I went into it with the pursuit of healing. Yeah. 
it ended up being incredible for my physical health and it was a deep restoration, but most importantly for my mental health. Why? Because you're literally just eating primarily one to two to maybe three ingredients. And for me, that was red meat and salt. And what happens when you simplify that much? Imagine if you were going to go into your closet and rather than there being a hundred different options of clothing, there was one type of shirt, one type of pant, the same color, and just the same set. You'd go in every day and you wouldn't even think about it because you're having the same exact thing. It's like, so much simplicity in your brain all of a sudden. Yeah. And so that was the food thing for me. And all of a sudden I wasn't overthinking anything because I'm like, I'm eating exactly what my body needs. I'm getting all the nutrients from it. And that's that. And I'm going to move on in my day. And that was so mentally healing for me, emotionally healing for me. And then physically it, it healed a lot because once I incorporated other foods, I realized what was harming me and what wasn't. And so bringing that to the primal way, there's all of these different diets. And unfortunately, the human dilemma, we come back to the animal brain and the human brain. We want to feel like we fit in, Mm. you know? And so most of us like to do a certain diet or be part of a certain culture because we like to fit in. We just want to matter. We just want to be loved. And culture, the word cult isn't there, right? Cult is like a serious word, but really it's just like an organized thing that you're a part of and that you feel a part of. Yeah. And so we want to feel like we're part of a culture and that's why there's all these diets. But what I'm teaching, what I share is not a diet. It's more so just our ancestral remembering because our ancestors hunted and gathered. And so as long as you're eating real food, you don't need to categorize yourself in a diet. And the real food our ancestors ate from way back was pretty much meat and then fruit that was seasonal. A lot of the vegetables, grains, legumes, nuts, don't even get me started with nuts. All of these (laughs) things had emerged during the agricultural revolution. The agricultural revolution is a byproduct of the human intelligence, aka our prefrontal cortex being smart as hell and saying, wow, I can mass produce all these foods and make a ton of money. And also, of course, it's great because it put a lot of people out of poverty, but it is creating some kind of imbalance with how fast the human population grew. And there's a reason for everything and it's beautiful, but that's why that remembering brings us back into that balance and that true regeneration of the earth. So that's the food side of it. Now getting into fasting, our ancestors went through periods of fasting and then feasting. There was no such thing as portion control. Let me count how many calories this meal is. No, it was like, I'm hunting. Let me eat as much as I can. I don't know when I'm going to get food (laughs) next. And we don't need to be in that much of survival mode. However, trying to portion control our meals and count all these calories is being in survival. It is signaling scarcity to our brain. So how can we enter through that abundance? And this is why I say the primal way is actually signaling safety and abundance. Because if we eat and let ourselves feast, when we want to eat. And then when we give rest to our body, we're truly entering a fasted state and we're still allowing ourselves to find that state of bliss. That's so liberating because we're like, wow, food doesn't have control over me. And when I do eat, I eat like a king or queen and that's fine. And that's how we should feel because food 
should make us feel really nourished and happy. And then finally, the movement. I come from a fitness background, but I was also dancing growing up. However, when I got into fitness, especially bodybuilding, it can be really rigid. You get so obsessed with your body, your physique, getting all the numbers and lifting more weight and following this regimen and the bro split, which means you're basically focusing on different body part groups per yeah. day. Yeah. And so you lose that intuitive nature with your body. Right. And that's a lot of the feminine side. And I lost touch with that so much because I would train so hard. Even if I was on my period, I was like, Nope, it's shoulders day and it's arm day. And I got to do it no matter what. And it's glute day. And it's day two of my period, but it's glute day. So I'm going to prioritize glute day. Yeah. Why would you do that when you're bleeding? Right. <laughs> you know? And yeah. so that was a cycle for a few years for me. And I was always fascinated <laughs> by some fitness, but also yoga and also just kind of started questioning, like, how is our body actually supposed to move? And it felt so rigid because again, we have rules and also we have different businesses. And so there's a CrossFit gym and there's a weightlifting gym and there's a yoga studio and a hot yoga studio. I always wanted to do it all. And eventually my body started just free flowing. And I was like, there's something else that I'm feeling drawn to. There's different training methods like animal flow or Budokan training that encourage more of the primal living. And there's actually a guy named Ido Portal, and he has a great documentary on YouTube as well. But he was like one of the big pioneers of more of an animalistic primal way of movement. And that opened up my eyes because I realized there are no rules. And that's the true intuitive way of moving. Just like there's intuitive eating, there's intuitive moving and the more I just did it myself, the more I tapped into all of this. So that's kind of an overview of like the primal way. Oh, Movement, fasting, and eating, I think, are the, the things that really we can use as guides to ground us down in this like very turbulent, noisy, distracting society where it's constantly trying to pick our dopamine, like spiker dopamine. Wow. Everything is trying to spike our dopamine. Oh, that's the that. true groundedness. If you can like not yes. let the world spike your dopamine, that's like, <laughs> let me just flex <laughs> at you and be grounded as fuck during this time. <laughs> oh my God. That is a profound statement. Everything mm -hmm. is trying to spike our dopamine. Mm -hmm. Yes. Including scrolling. Mm -hmm. We know what that does. Mm -hmm. Posting, you get a bunch of likes and it feels real good. And then it's over. And I think our generation and the generations below us are really being asked to grapple with that. There's a reason why all these ways of ultra convenience and accelerated technology is happening right now. Yeah. And I do believe that there will be tipping points in all of this because mm -hmm. it just gets to be so extreme. Yeah. You know, this is what I love about learning about this primal way of being. Mm -hmm. We are human beings with physical needs. Like we could not survive for very long without water and food. Mm -hmm. And I would argue relationships, like we're not really built for isolation mm -hmm. and all that. So it's, it's really fascinating to me. And I find myself not dazzled so much with the world as it is right now, you yeah. know, like what's the latest and the most convenient and the fastest. I don't know. I just find myself seeing that cycle play out, you know, yeah. it's very tempting, mm -hmm. but it's for me, it fizzles out quicker and quicker now. Yeah. So this new way 
coming through you to me. It's very synchronistic the way this happened. And we met and I'm excited to keep going because it's what I've experienced incorporating it is it's taken a lot of the power I gave food away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like food is both nourishing and pleasurable. And it's often about family and gathering. But I think for me, I was giving it a lot of power. Yeah. You know, back to the beginning when you talk about like, what do we give power to? Mm -hmm. And so I don't see this talked about at all. Do you see this way of being growing? Do you see it coming about more and more? Do you think people are going to be open to it? Yeah. So I would say like what I teach on is really a combination of so much. And my Instagram handle used to be just my first and last name, Sutra Kumar. And one day Primal Yogi came to me because I feel truly that my philosophy and guidelines of life are so rooted in yoga. When When you study the yoga sutras, which are kind of like ancient scriptures, it's so beautiful. It's almost like a different version of the Bible, but it's just talking about all these truths and unraveling like a deeper consciousness and guidelines to live life as truly a good person and be of service to humanity. So that's always my roots. And that's why like I resonate with yogi, not just because I practice yoga. In fact, right now I feel like I'm practicing yoga the most, even though I can't practice any physical yoga in a yoga studio with this knee injury. But the primal part came to me because it is the remembering of our ancestors. But when you go through like just life, everything starts making sense. And you kind of like all the things that you've (laughs) been taught, it's like the pieces of the puzzle all come together. Yeah. And so there's doctors who are talking about the carnivore diet or how meat's amazing. And they're like supposed to be very controversial, but there's also like yogis talking about how you should never eat meat. And so there's a lot of controversy there. And so while I was adjusting to this lifestyle, there was a lot of backlash and I get it to yeah. this day. Yeah. And now I actually love it. I mm-hmm. like being the trigger. I literally have trigger warnings in the front of my post. And I say, no, <laughs> this is going to trigger you. But I think more and more people are open to it. I've gotten a yeah. lot of interest because yeah. you know what it is, is like, it goes back to the dilemma of the animal brain and the human brain. And even with the eating, we just overthink it too much. If you enjoy eggs and bacon, but you're like, oh, but this is bad for me. But like, there's a reason you enjoy it. There's a reason why so many people devour eggs and bacon because our body naturally craves that high fat cholesterol and animal protein. And so I was like fighting that for so long. And so for me personally, the reason why I said red meat nourishes me the most after I introduced red meat in my life, it felt like I ate for the first time ever. Yeah. And it felt like this deep remembering. Yeah. I literally had a vision of myself being like in South America or something, just like hunting in a tribe mm-hmm. eating. And it felt like so there was a part of me that was like complete. So, yeah. Mm, yes. I love it. And you know, I love everything that goes against the grain. <laughs> yeah. I live for it. That's the rebel in me. I think too, you're such a teacher and educator because this takes a lot of education, even though it's so simple, really, but it takes, you know, we're so primed now to the way we live, especially the ultra convenience. That's something that, I mean, I I would find myself getting in like, it's like a robotic 
way of being, you know, just like food becomes the most important thing really in life. And it becomes like the last thing. That's why we order a lot or whatever. We're not cooking as much or going out more, just whatever's convenient. And that hit a dopamine, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's something to be said for like taking the time to prepare your own meals and also keeping them really simple, like not needing this elaborate meal three times a day, which is often what makes people not cook a lot, you know? And Mm -hmm. there's just so much reward in that, I think. And just, it has forced me to like slow down. Yes. (laughs) That's like the big the simplicity is the groundedness. Yeah, too. it is. It's like we make everything so crazy. I yeah. remember when I would see these recipes and I felt like I had to use 20 bazillion ingredients yeah. to cook a good meal. And like straight up, you've had this meal with me, just grass-fed beef with some high quality salt and raw honey. And you'd be amazed with like how nourishing that is. It's so good. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's so simple. And like our ancestors couldn't get 20 different ingredients all at once. They didn't have an elaborate kitchen. It was meat cooked on a fire. And then maybe they found a few berries in the summer to pick on. And then maybe they found a beehive with honey. Right. How did they survive without all the vegetables and all that? But they did. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Thank you for taking everyone through that. I think this is going to really be educational for everyone. You know, it's not talked about at all. I would love for you to give three practices or rituals that you just recommend and and love in your own life for, I think, grounding Mm. and to maybe start incorporating and integrating more primal living. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So primal movement is the first one. And primal movement doesn't have to look any sort of way. Mm -hmm. It is the natural rhythm that your body wants to move in. You might've heard the saying like body leads and then your mind follows, but throw on some music that feels so good for your soul and then close your eyes and take a few deep breaths and just see what your body wants to do without any judgment. And the first few times, if you haven't done this before, you're going to judge hardcore. You're like, what am I doing? This is so weird. Yeah. I don't like look like a professional dancer, yeah. but it's so therapeutic. And music and dance are the two most universal practices ever. So when I say primal movement, like it doesn't have to be a full on dance, but dancing to a rhythm or a beat that's literally like our ancestors would gather around in a circle, create some instruments and dance. Like those are the simplest forms of bliss and creation, creation mode, right? Like we create that mode and abundance through that simple movement and rhythm. So find what that is for you. The second would be ancestral eating. And so that can look different for everybody. So I'm not saying go eat a bunch of steak, but I'm saying, look at what your ancestors ate. And maybe some of them gravitated more towards seafood. Maybe some of them gravitated towards more red meat. Maybe some of them gravitated towards more poultry or fruits, like in the tropics. A lot of us, based on what you believe, we did kind of migrate from the equator. So a lot of us are from near the equator. Mm And thinking about hunting and gathering and see if you can visualize that. And so when you eat, I can say prioritize protein, but I want you to prioritize those really dense foods that have a lot of protein and fat, because those are what really keeps you satiated. Those are the building blocks. That's what 
regulates your hormones. If your hormones and metabolism aren't balanced, then you're not going to be in balance and your hunger cues and weight and everything is going to be thrown off. So eat the ancestral way. And I can share more information about that. Or if you reach out to me specifically, I can guide you through that. And then fasting. So the idea of feasting and fasting, when you fast, you're truly giving your body a break. And you take that time to go through your spiritual practices, read, meditate, ground down, actually in nature, get some sun or just work and see how you get that natural energy. And then when you eat, don't try to like nitpick and think about how much you're eating and what you're eating and all the colors of the rainbow. Cause then you're in scarcity mode, just feast and like fill your heart up with the most nourishing foods that you feel are nourishing for you. And that goes hand in hand with like any judgment you have over yourself or certain foods or diets. That's part of peeling off the process in the layer. And that's why like having guidance through this process of unearthing can be really helpful, but yeah, primal movement, ancestral eating and fasting, which goes hand in hand with feasting are the really three big rituals that I would say, like really making it a ritual, each one, a ceremony for yourself are so important. Don't rush through any of these things, like really take time and come from a place of like love and gratitude because you're signaling abundance. You're putting yourself in creation mode when you're doing these rituals. So beautiful. Thank you so much for the person you are. Thank Mm. you for the work that you do. I I'm so grateful for you and I see you so deeply and I know you're here for such a really big purpose, something that is very disruptive and nourishing at the exact same time. And I really honor you for walking in that purpose and living this way. I think it is incredibly inspiring to both men and women, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I just love who you are. You are such an incredible person and an incredible friend to me. So thank you for all that you are, babe. I love you so much. You're seriously such a teacher to me. You're a true sister. Mm. And I love what you said, disruptive and nourishing. That resonates (laughs) a lot. And I just love you so much for being so open to this this nourishing and disruptive way. Because I think it needs to be heard. And you are such a light. And thank you for allowing me to be in the space of bringing people back home. Oh, thank you. I would love for you to let people know where they can connect with you if they want to work with you and follow along on your journey and learn more about all that you're doing. Thank you. So I'm very active on Instagram, which is at primal.yogi. And then I have a website, liveblist.com. Mm-hmm. So liveblist is the company I have where we reconnect you back to your primal roots through movement intensives and camps, through retreats and workshops. And there's some really exciting events and retreats, primal living retreats in the pipeline. And that's an amazing opportunity for you to actually experience in-person fasting and primal living and grounding with nature. We have our annual retreat called Camp Grounded in Moab that takes place every year. And that's like the epitome of experiencing Mm. groundedness amongst the red rocks that have so much history. And then I also offer different modalities of coaching where 
we work together on eating the ancestral way, moving in a primal way, and then feasting and fasting. And that is such a more deeper journey than just the surface level yeah. diet plan, movement plan. We really go deep and it's a really beautiful process. So, mm. Yeah. Follow her. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love you so much. I Thank you for you. being here. It Thank means you. everything to me. And I can't wait to see what unfolds for you this year. So keep sharing everything. Thank you so much for listening to House of Low today. I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon and who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, low.